Good morning, church. Let's stand and worship.
we've all been coming out of this weird time, this weird isolation. And the world is looking to see how the church is responding. Some of you all have tragedies and things that compound on the above this and some people are just going through it and the church is able to say even in the struggle even in the depressive seasons even in when the night seems blackest Jesus Christ makes a difference he's there he's with us in the struggle he's with us in the storm and so we can sing through the storm so I want to hear you sing louder than you've ever sung. We're going to raise a hallelujah. May I raise a Yeah. 
You know, we, we got to make sure we, we stay to those CDC guidelines. You know, that's why I had to take my mask off, you know, so I can actually talk. But you will hear me before you see me a lot of times. You know, um, so today, um, our kid's city, um, you've probably seen me on social media um, somehow, some way. Hang on, let me put this away. Uh, Mr. Joe, can you put Kid City logo up for me? So that is our new logo. Can we say praise the Lord? All right, so um, you can get me by uh, my phone number. You can text me, call me. But usually when I have letterhead or when you see a Facebook post or Twitter or Instagram, you'll see that logo. So get familiar with it. It's going to be around for a while, all right? Um, so I just wanted to talk about God's love today. We want to bring it back to the basics. It's all about Jesus. If we bring it back to the cross and to Jesus, we will not have a problem. We bring it back to the word. We bring it back to Jesus. Good morning to all my children in the house. Can we say good morning? Okay, I want to see. Let's see. I need to have you stand up. If I got a kid in here, all, I, I, you don't need to come up. I want to see you. Stand up. All my kids, just stand up. Good morning. I am your new children's pastor. Let's give them a hand of applause. I am so, you can have a seat now. I am so excited to meet you when we're able to have kids church. I am so ready to have kids church, but we can't do it yet. So you will see my beautiful face acting like we can do this in the sanctuary, and then we can do fun games, which I'm going to try to do a little bit every week. You know, I got like 2.5 seconds left. You ready? All right. Um, to do games, and so I'm going to try to do things that you guys can do from your seats, okay? Um, so the scripture I want to talk about is because you, we, have, we have to have the scripture. is John 3.16, and I'm going to say... A line, and then I want to hear you say it. We want to hide the scripture in our heart, as Psalms 119 says. So, are you ready? Say, praise the Lord. Oh, come on, guys. I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, and so I, I need some feedback, okay? And I'm, I'm a preacher, pastor. All that goes with that. So, let's say it together. I'm going to say a line, and then you say it. You ready? Okay. All right. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came, he died, and he arose. And it's because of him I live and I breathe. And if we don't forget in all the lessons that I teach, in every Bible lesson that I have, it all will come back to the cross. It will all come back to Jesus. And so today I introduced myself as Miss Margie. Um, a lot of people said, Pastor Margie, well, all the churches that I've served at, it's always been Miss Margie, so I'm going to go with Miss Margie if that's okay, okay? I'm just informal, 
Um, so that, that's just who I am. I'm just down to earth and I'm a little bit crazy. But, you know, hey, I got to work with kids, right? <laughs> so I love my kids. Um, so I love you and I'm so excited to serve um, this church and I thank you for bringing me here. Pastor Kevin, it's all yours. Uh, well, welcome home, church. Amen. Wow. Wow. You know what? It's so awesome to see your wonderful faces. I would say beautiful, but that would be stretching it. Okay. That was funny. That was great. That was great. Right. Oh, man. So all of you who are here, welcome. Those of you who are online, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, our service will be on at the uh, 1030 as well, being online. And then for those of you who are getting ready so you can be here for the 1030, hurry up. All right, hurry up. But uh, man, I'm so, it's such an honor to, to stand here and, and, and to be with you guys. You know, I, I, we get to be in church. We get to be in the building with one another. You know, I woke up this morning and uh, actually for the, next, for the last several days and really so consumed by things that are going on with our nation. And I want to, I, I posted a little something this morning on uh, social media. And I kind of want to go over that with you real fast before we get right into the message. Racism, bigotry, stereotyping, and civil unrest are not products of the Holy Spirit. We need as a nation, a divine intervention that can only come from God and God alone. The church must pray and the church must be the example. And we must allow God's voice to be heard. What I want to do, I want to pray. Let's pray together for this nation right now. Father, we just come to you, God, and so honored to be here and just to uplift your holy name. But Father, we step in and we pray for our nation. God, we pray for peace. We pray, God, where there's chaos, that you would bring order. Father, we ask, Lord, where there is hate, that you would bring love. God, where there is racial slurs and racial activity and, 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 and racial mindset, Lord, that you would bring unity. Father, God, we love you. And, Lord, we're, we're stepping in for our nation right now. And we're praying for it, God. Asking, Lord, for you, God, to bring peace to it. And, Father, we also pray for peace of Israel. And we thank you in Christ's name. The church says, amen. amen, amen. Awesome. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's quite different sitting here, right? Spaced out. Some of you are like, I like that. I got my bubble. My bubble's working, right? Oh, my goodness. I hope to bust a bubble soon, okay? But anyway, here we are. We're in uh, what is considered to be Pentecost Sunday. And many people, including Christians alike, may not know why this day has a special meaning or significance why we should be celebrating. You see, unlike Easter and unlike Christmas and other, other uh, um, Christian you know, holidays that, that we may celebrate, there's no harbinger within our society that points to Pentecost. And so what I want to do here for the next few moments with you is bring about the understanding. And, and when you walk away from here, having a knowledge of what this day truly means. Um, number one, we can look at it this way. Pentecost Sunday marks the day when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles. 
Let's go ahead and read a passage of scripture from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. The Bible and the scripture read, and it's recorded this way, that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Kind of like what we're doing here today, right? We are coming together. They were within community. They had togetherness. But they were together what? In one place. Suddenly. Don't you like anytime the Bible uses like one of them like impactful words, something is going to take place. Something is going to happen. It says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want to make sure that we have an understanding there as what? As the Spirit enabled enabled them. You see, many pastors and teachers will actually stop right there, but I, I don't think that we can truly get the true meaning behind all of it if we stop just within that. We need to understand this, that whenever God does something or that God sends something or someone, it always is because of a purpose. And these next few verses, I believe, clearly indicate and give us direction to what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. Now watch this. Verse 5. Now there, now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So what we have here is we have many different nations, many different languages or dialects being represented or referenced. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. What were they? They were amazed. They were ecstatic, right? They were uh, inquisitive, all right? Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Again, referencing that each nation that was, uh, or dialect that was in, in, in the place uh, or, or even outside of the place was hearing uh, the purpose. Number seven, verse seven says, utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthian, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygra, uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Verse 13, some, now I look at that as even today, our society, and even within the church world today. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Doesn't that all sound familiar, right? If you've been part of a a church that believes in the move of the Spirit, you've heard statements or you've heard the jokes, you've heard the side comments. And the reason why I believe that still today that many are afraid and not drawn to the Holy Spirit and the giftings of the Holy Spirit is simply because we as pastors and teachers and leaders of the church have done an extremely poor job in educating what happened and what the purpose of that moment was, that day was. We have become so emotionally driven that we have become intellectually ignorant. Can I say that again? That we have become so emotionally driven 
that we have become intellectually ignorant. All right, second thing I believe in this is this, we see this within scripture, that the Jews also celebrated Pentecost, but not for the same reasons as the church today or the early church was. The celebration by Jews of Pentecost is to observe God giving the Ten Commandments uh, on Mount Sinai uh, 50 days after the exodus out of Egypt. So there was meaning here. It wasn't just what happened in Acts chapter 2, but it goes deeper and further into that. If you recall what happened, the death angel came, right? And, and, and as long as they spread the, 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 the blood of the, the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice on their doorpost, he passed over. And that is why they celebrate the Passover. And then 50 days after that, here we have Moses on Mount Sinai. And God gives him the great revelation of what we see as the law, the Ten Commandments, the Torah. All right, moving on. I'm giving you some education here. Grab a hold of it. Get some understanding. Now, Pentecost occurs today, 50 days after Easter. Pentecost comes 10 days or in Acts chapter 2, came 10 days after the ascension of Jesus Christ. If you recall within Scripture, we know this about Jesus. The resurrection took place, and then for 40 days, what was he doing? He was about, he was teaching, he was, watch this, he was popping into rooms, right? Could you imagine being in one of them rooms? Boom, there's Jesus, woo, praise you, right? It would have been truly just absolutely amazing. He was out and about teaching, he was and he was doing some great things, and, and his ministry was still going on. But then once he was ascended, we understand that 10 days after that, uh, the day of Pentecost took place. Number five, Pentecost fulfills Jesus' promise to send the counselor and the spirit of truth. Now, this is a promise that was spent, sent from Christ himself. John chapter 16, we can see that. I'm going to read those scriptures to you. But now I, God the Son, am going on to him, God the Father... Who sent me? None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. What is he saying here? It's for your good that I'm leaving because why? You're going to read here in just a moment. I love it. Unless I go away, the advocate, God the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. So this is to our benefit, understanding that. We need to embrace this benefit. We need to be accepting of this benefit. He goes, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. In other words, you are not capable of understanding this in that moment. That's what he's saying. You, you don't have the spirit yet. You don't, you don't understand. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, watch this. He will guide you into truth, not into chaos, not into misunderstanding, correct? But into truth. He's going to empower us. Why? To understand. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known 
to you. So we got an understanding there. Jesus clearly explaining what was to come. Number six, we know this. Pentecost launched the large-scale spreading of the gospel after Jesus' ascension. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, records that after Peter spoke to the crowd, once he received the Holy Spirit within his life, some 3,000 people on that day were converted and baptized. That is the start of what we consider to be what? The early church. Now, here's why I believe and I think today is even more exciting than any other time in history other than the moment when Pentecost took place is simply this. Watch this. Number seven. Pentecost is also known as the birthplace of the church. Why is that so important to us today? Because today, 50 days after Easter, we are now assembling again as the body of Christ within the church. Now, I want to help you out. The church is living. The church is breathing. It is divine. And the church is an institution. The church is an asset to its communities. The church, let me help you out, regardless of what government, what the Department of Justice, what any local authority must say, the church is essential. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus built the church. What is the church? The church is a place of community. It is a place we are commanded to come to. What is the church? The church is a place of necessity. Listen, there are things doctors can do. There are things that the government can do. There are things that businesses can do, and there are things that schools can do, but there are also things that only the church can do. The church is essential because we are the church. The Bible even clearly dictates to us that not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. The church will last forever. We are what? The bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the temple of God. We are the family of God. And we are together again. We are the church of the living God. Now, we must understand the cross and we must have an understanding of heaven. But very few people understand how and why Pentecost is relevant within the church today. Acts chapter 2, verse 12. Even in that first moment, it says that they were what? Amazed and they were perplexed. And they asked one another, what does this mean? And, and that's the challenge, I think, that many of us, uh, went, you know, this week, I'll be honest, this week, I went through, throughout people I know, and I said, explain to me Pentecost. Well, most of them could explain just this moment that took place within Scripture. But they couldn't really understand what it means to us today and how it needs to be applied within our lives. What Pentecost represents, it empowers us. The whole meaning behind it is an empowerment. Number one, Pentecost empowers you and I, me, to live righteously. Remember, Pentecost was about the giving of the law, the beginning of it. It was actually with a different word called Shavat. Okay? 
many are still following that same perplexity within the law, confusion within the law. What we are doing or what they are doing as, as the body of Christ and as a church that we are trying to live it on the outside, trying to follow the law, follow the direction, and we realize that the struggle can be real. You know, I've had many people come to me and say, Pastor, it's a struggle. It's really difficult to live as a Christian. When we are allowing God's spirit, the writing of the law is no longer on the outside of us, but the writing of the law then becomes within the inside of us. No longer does it become a struggle for us to live the pattern, live the right way, but now what happens is we begin to have a desire to be obedient in the law when we are allowing God to speak into us, when we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives. Let me, let me encourage you with this. Many people say you need to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. Let me help you out. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ, you accepted God the Father, you accepted God the Son, and you accepted God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says it this way. You, however, are controlled not by sinful nature. This is speaking to the body of Christ. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. When we become filled with the Spirit, He begins to do something in us. It's a transformation work within the inside of us. I'm no longer obeying a set of laws or Ten Commandments, but now these commandments and these laws are who I am, and they are who I want to be. So yeah, sometimes it can be hard to live the Christian life. My response to that is simply absolutely. But when you are living it out because you want to, you're no longer focused within the complexities of it all, but now you are looking at the opportunity that could begin to fulfill your life and move you into the purpose and the plan and the will that God has separated for you specifically. It's so much more fun and a whole lot easier to serve God when I want to rather than when I have to. Jesus, in fact, said that when I send the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. That his voice will speak into your spirit. Isaiah prophesied it in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. He says, whether you turn to the right or to the, or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Secondly, we can understand this about Pentecost. Pentecost empowers me to live supernaturally. Help yourself if you want to live naturally, but you were never intended for that. You see, Jesus lived a supernatural life. None of us in this room or watching us online would argue that. There were what? He healed people. There were signs, wonders, miracles. None of us have a problem believing that Jesus lived that type of life. But Jesus said this way, that when I go to the Father, when I leave this earth, watch this, greater works you shall do. I'm going to make a bold declaration. It doesn't have to be goofy, spooky, weird, and simply put, man-made to believe that Jesus, who is a great physician, 
has not stopped doing miracles, that he still can heal, and that he can still move the mountains, he can still rise you in the valley, that he can still separate you from what you don't need to be a part of your life, that God can still bring in his unconditional love, that he will still lead and guide you in every thought, in every action, every pattern, and everything that can come from your mouth. If we will become what? Obedient to his spirit. This is why I feel it's necessary that we encounter the Holy Spirit so that he may empower us and give us the direction to live in the supernatural. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, why did he do this? Then Jesus, this is why, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all what? Who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. I want you to know this. God is with you. God is with you. God has been with you through all of this. Through this entire crazy season that we have all been living in. Let me help you out. It's not done. We're still living in crazy season. How do I know? Because you're sitting here with the mask on. Because I had to split my church up into two services. That because some won't be here because they're being super cautious. And I appreciate that. And I love that. God is still with us regardless of what's going on in this life. Regardless of what's happening in Los Angeles, in D.C., in Minneapolis. God is still with us. His love never fails us. Mm. I don't want you to be a church that just enjoys good music or, you know, a, a good coffee when we can have it. I missed that cafe this morning. That was a cruel tease. You know, you walk in, you look at it, and you're like, darn. Or, or, or uh, you know, sit here with a mediocre sermon. Praise God. Somebody didn't say amen. You should have. Of course, that would have been you. First Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read this scripture. It says this, Paul speaking. I love it. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. In other words, he's tearing down his own message. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. What is he doing? He's separating him from God. He's saying, look, it's not about me. It's about God. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom. I could tickle your ears all you want, but if there's no power behind it with the Holy Spirit, it's meaningless. The Spirit must be at demonstration. But faith may not rest on man's wisdom, but what? On God's power. You know what? I want us to be a church that directs people to a great God. Understanding that people can know that the body, your body, your mental state, it can be healed. That your life can be changed. That people can be set free from addiction. And that marriages and relationships can be healed. This power is available to every single one of us in whatever situation you may be in. And then lastly, in closing, number three, Pentecost empowers me to live on mission. It wasn't just for you. In fact, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe at all that it was for you. But it was for you to fulfill a mission. God has called us not just to help one another and to have a place where we can go to church. It's great walking in here. It's great when you pull on the lot and you see the, the signs and, 
and, and you see the people greeting you. It, oh, that's fantastic. I'm not putting none of that down. But the church was designed for a mission. Called by God to what? Feed the hungry in our community. Called by God to show love. Called by God to bring Jesus to this world and to our communities. We exist for our community. We exist for this world. And we are here to make a difference and bring light into it. God has asked each of us to do something. Not because we are qualified, because we are not. But he has asked us to do it through the leading of his Holy Spirit. That's what Pentecost is about. It's an empowerment. It's not a sideshow. It's not a joke or a ridicule. It's not about a denomination or not being a part of a denomination. It's about living the Great Commission and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and being empowered through it, bringing the light into this world. You are, we are the salt of this earth. We are the lamb, don't hide the light. God has asked us to do something that we are not qualified to do and we need his power. First Thessalonians chapter one. Verse five says this, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Watch this. People will pursue the Holy Spirit and they will get pride in their heart. Look what has happened to me. There's no place for that. There's no place in teaching. It has no place in this church. It has caused so much disunity within the church world and the body of Christ. Listen, we do need to pursue God and we do need to allow his Holy Spirit to work in our lives. I wanna close with this statement because I believe it beautifully articulates the move of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. I wanna repeat that. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Would you stand with me this morning? And if you're online watching us, would you just take a moment? I would like for everyone just to bow your heads, close your eyes. We need to be in prayer over our nation, over this world. We need to be in prayer over our communities and over our homes and our workplaces. We need to be in prayer over our children, our households. We need to be in prayer over our marriages. And our prayer needs to consist of, Lord, we must have your Holy Spirit. Our prayer must include, Lord, allow your Holy Spirit to move in every area of my life that I may live on mission, that I may live in righteousness, that I may live the supernatural life that you have called and purposed and willed for me. That the purpose of this is not strictly for my own life, but it's so that I will impact others and make a difference in this world. Not sitting as a church and being a spectator, but the church rising above and being a player in this field called life but only not being a player in it, but rising above and allowing the church to once again 
be where this world looks to for direction. Be this world looks to for the example of being led by God Almighty. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching us online and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. You heard our children's pastor repeat the scripture of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I wanna extend that offering to you today. If you do not know who this Jesus Christ is, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that your entire existence, your entire life can change. Be obedient to that drawing. Be obedient to his Holy Spirit. React and say, yes, Lord. Today's the day I accept you. Will you pray that prayer with me if that's you? All across this church, let's repeat that. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord, my Master, and my Savior. Lead me and guide me in the purpose and the plan and the will that you have for my life. Forgive me of my sins. And today, I repent of what used to be my lifestyle. And I accept what you have in store for my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap praise? Amen. Amen. Listen, I can't hand anything out to you in this season, but if you're online or if you're here and you made that decision, I wanted, I wanted to draw you to our website. Go to churchbythebeach.org. We've relaunched it this weekend, brand new website, and we want you to fill out a digital connect card. Let us know that you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. But you know what, here we are as a church, and it's the day of Pentecost. Many of you may have came here today and didn't have any idea that it was or you're watching online, not a clue of what it was. Today you've been educated. Today you've seen in scripture, and it's just a small portion. Time doesn't allow for me to go even further. I've only got 30 seconds. But what I want you to understand is this, the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for you, for every believer. God designed it, he purposed it, he promised it for you and be accepting of it. In your prayer time, Lord, let your spirit move in my life. Let me hear that voice. Let me be led. Guide me in all my ways. Let me pray with you as we leave. Father, we love you. We thank you. What a fantastic time has been. this has been. It's been exciting. It's been filled with purpose. And Lord, I believe completely that we have been obedient in that. So God, as the body of Christ, and we leave this place today. We don't leave as individuals, but we leave also as the body of Christ. We leave as the church, knowing that we are necessity, knowing, Lord, that we are essential and that we are going to make an impact in this world that we live in, in our homes, our communities, our workplaces, in our schools when they reopen, in our entertainment venues. God, let your church rise above in this season. May we be your voice. Your word says if we don't cry out, 
that the rocks would cry out. I'm not going to let that happen. I believe there's a room full of people in here who are not going to let that happen. I believe there's an online community who's watching right now who are not going to let that happen. But God, we are desperately crying out to you. Use us, Lord. Use us. In Jesus' name. Father, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great afternoon.